Price Talk Minipod for a Friday night, August the 28th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Minipod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini version, if you will, of our regular show where I limit the subjects as well as the time for each episode, at least most of the time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this edition of Minipod. Uh, well, it's Friday night again, and uh, already just a few more days left of August, and we round the corner into September. I mean, it is going fast. Um, I know just before we, I get into to the show here, I, I know we got a lot of folks on the Gulf Coast around Louisiana, Mississippi, and maybe even as far east as Alabama and Florida, the Florida Panhandle that are, are bracing for, uh, I believe they've said a Category 1 or at the, very, at the very least, or possibly maybe even a Category 2 Hurricane Ida as uh, by the time she reaches them, which I, I think it's supposed to be on Sunday, maybe early Monday morning. But our thoughts and prayers will be with those folks on the Gulf Coast as they brace for this storm. Um, I'm going to share an article tonight that doesn't have anything to do with Afghanistan or Joe Biden. Or not going to talk about critical race theory or or um, uh, voter fraud. Um or even our inept political leaders in this country. Tonight, I want to share an article with you about something that most likely is affecting your lives in some form or fashion. If not right now, it will be soon. The article is from uh, politicalscience.com or popsci.com, as it says on the uh, website. It's titled, Understanding the Global Chip Shortage a big crisis involving tiny components. The writer is Shara Fetter, I believe I've said that correctly, and was uh, published, actually published a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I saw some smaller articles uh, by other people about this same subject. Um, and it's it's been in the news uh, 
several times, especially back at the beginning of the summer, I think when it first uh, kind of started making uh, the biggest news. But this article, like I said, was from a couple of weeks ago. So that's the one I wanted to go with. Um, so as I share this article with you, I think you'll understand that it's a much more complicated issue than most people make it. Um, you know, earlier this week, I talked about my experience about going to a Ford dealership for a little service work. If you happen to catch that episode and, and as I was waiting for my vehicle to be, uh, the work to be done, I, I said, well, I'll just stroll around the parking lot and see, uh, you know, maybe look at my next possible car, truck, whatever, you know, to kill time. Cause I hate sitting in the waiting rooms because invariably I fall asleep <laughs> if I sit there too long, uh, because they usually have it on a channel. They're usually watching either a soap opera or, or CNN, or they've got, uh, uh, the view on there. And, uh, so, you know, that puts me to sleep if, if I don't get upset. So I was walking around the parking lot and it only took me a couple of seconds to realize this. I'm oh my gosh, where's all the cars? I mean, literally, I, I think there was probably less than 15 cars on the lot, new cars. So I, I went inside and commented to my salesperson. Uh, I looked at him and said, I thought you guys have been robbed. I mean, there's nothing out there. How in the world are you selling cars? How in the world do you even open? And uh, he said, it's just a computer chip shortage. <laughs> he said, they're actually, uh, people were ordering cars um, through them or online and they'd go ahead and purchase them, I guess, on a contingency that they, they actually get delivered. Um, oh, there's my boat guys again. And you all know, if you listen to Tristalk, I usually let the boat guys get in there. Uh, anyway, he said people were buying them ahead of time. And just as uh, soon as the chips come in, uh, they'd put them in, they could deliver them. I mean, he said there was literally thousands of of new vehicles sitting on uh, the manufacturer's lots waiting for these chips to be installed. So anyway, that's why I thought this article might, it, it looked like it was a little bit more detailed than anything else I found on Reuters or uh, Fox or CNN, especially. So hopefully um, it'll answer some of your questions too. If, uh, if you're being affected by it right now, because it actually, I mean, I was thinking about it because of the car situation, but oh my gosh, I mean, as, as many of you techies know, I mean, those chips are in everything. So, um, let me pull the article up here and I'll just warn you ahead of time. <laughs> this is one of those that has this, this site has a lot of pop-ups. And, um, for some reason, when they come up like that, they move the print of the article around. So sometimes it'll jump, you know, like a, a quarter of the page around. So it's sometimes it's a uh, chore to try to keep up with it. 
Anyway, like I said, the title of the article is Understanding the Global Chip Shortage, a Big Crisis Involving Tiny Components. Semiconductors help power everything from your phone to your car. This article tells you what you need to know about the major supply chain problems. All right. The article starts out, there are chips in nearly everything electric you own, from your phone to your computer to your car. There are even chips and items you wouldn't expect, such as your washing machine, electric toothbrush, and refrigerator. But these tiny parts that power so much of our lives are now in critical short supply. I had a customer, uh, see, I'm already taking a segue. I had a customer uh, this past week that had a vent hood that had a computer chip in it. It wasn't, you know, the old style where you, you know, you just uh, push some rocker buttons or something or even a push button and it comes on. It actually had uh, a digital readout and everything. And then you had to push the screen. So um, it's in everything. So right now we have a global supply chain in crisis, says Patrick Penfield, a professor of supply chain practice at Syracuse University. They actually have a professor for that. How about that? We've just never been, we've just never seen anything of this magnitude impact us before. Nissan said it will be making 500,000 less vehicles due to the chip shortage. General Motors has had to interrupt some of its pickup truck production due to lack of semiconductor chips and has and has even been parking thousands of vehicles that are completed but still don't have the needed chips. Kind of like I was saying what the salesman told me a minute ago. Apple CEO Tim Cook warned the public pop-ups, <laughs> warned the public in July that chip shortages would affect sales of its phones and tablets. Intel chief Pat Gelsinger predicts it will be a year or two before supply can even meet demand. And experts say holiday shopping may not offer the variety and options of things we're used to this year. Here's how the chip shortage happened and when it might be over. Uh, of course, it has little headings on this article. It says, what are these chips? The chips are often called semiconductors, sometimes called microchips, function as the brains of our electronics. They are tiny technological marvels hosting billions of transistors within them, though the size of a chip can vary. Those transistors are like tiny little gates allowing electrons to pass through them or not. Their construction their construction involves multiple steps, days, and experts on hand. For example, IBM's newest chip packs 50 billion transistors into a 2 nanometer fingernail-sized space. Okay. I mean, that's even hard for me to process. It's almost like outer space, you know, and the endlessness of space. How in the world... Do we have the technology to put 50 billion, that's not a small number, transistors onto something the size of a human fingernail? 
That's amazing. Yet we still can't cure some diseases. Think about that. I imagine there are more than 100 billion chips in daily use around the world, says Matteo Rindali. Rinaldi, I'm sorry, <laughs> Matteo Rinaldi, a professor of electrical and computer engineering at Northeastern University. So think about how many transistors and semiconductors we use in our lives every day. These chips are the lifeblood of our modern society, but even before the pandemic, demand for them exceeded supply. This year, economist Rory Green calls semiconductors the new oil pointing out that Taiwan and Korea control the lion's share of chip production today. But while these chips were an, an American invention, hold on to that. The number of U.S. manufacturers currently creating them has declined severely. In 1990, 37% of chips were made in America, says James Lewis, a senior vice president and director of CSIS Strategy Technologies Program. By 2020, that number was only 12%. Okay, that puts a, a, a another light on Taiwan, maybe why China is so interested in uh, doing what it wants to do there in Taiwan, right? For decades, the tech industry has been driven by prediction made by Intel co-founder Gordon Moore in 1965. It held that the number of transistors incorporated in a chip will approximately double every 24 months, and building a factory that can create these chips, which has been consistently shrinking over the years, can cost $10 billion a price that is prohibitive to most companies. These are multi-billion dollar facilities at the cutting edge of science, says Lewis. So why, and uh, I'm straying again, why in the hell can we afford to build it in Taiwan, but we can't somewhere in the United States? Maybe because of tax policies in this country? Hmm. What is the chip shortage? Is the title of the next segment here. As the world shuts down because of COVID-19 pandemic, many factories closed with it, making the supplies needed for chip manufacturing unavailable for months. Increased demand for consumer electronics caused shifts that rippled up the supply chain. Orders began to pile up as manufacturers struggled to create enough chips to meet the new levels of demand. A backlog began to grow and grow and grow. Car companies like Ford have to predict the amount of chips they will need to produce their cars and order them in advance from one of the chip manufacturers. As of now, it can take at least half a year for a chip order to come in, says Penfield. The current demand for chips is so great that manufacturers can't make enough chips to meet it at this time, meaning consumers will be soon seeing higher prices for less goods. But the issue wasn't just with manufacturing. As COVID made its way through Asia, ports shut down, sometimes for months. Some 90% of the world's electronics go through China's Yantian port, Yantian port, 
and it was recently closed, leaving hundreds of container ships waiting to dock. Once the ports reopened, bottlenecks emerged because of the buildup of items waiting to be shipped. Many parts of the transportation supply chain don't have the capacity to handle this buildup or the labor shortages that have been occurring, plunging the supply chain into further crisis. What caused the chip shortage? Bad decisions, bad luck, and then increased demand. Put those three things together and you've got a shortage, says Lewis. The pandemic caused an explosive surge in demand for devices. People were at home using more tablets, phones, and other streaming devices than ever before, and the needs skyrocketed beyond what manufacturers could provide. Bad decisions by the auto industry also added to the shortage. When COVID-19 started, many companies canceled their orders for chips because they assumed the economy was about to take a lengthy hit. Car companies in particular canceled orders, so chip companies switched to making chips for consumer products, attempting to meet the explosive demand caused by the pandemic. Having retooled their plants to make chips for consumer goods instead of cars, a shortage of car chips ensued. Makes sense. There aren't many chip manufacturing plants in the world, and the few that were running during the pandemic were subject to a series of unlucky weather events that delayed the manufacturing process further. Japan's uh, Renaissance plant, which creates almost one-third of the chips used in cars around the world, was severely damaged by fire. While winter storms in Texas forced some of the America's only chip plants to halt production. Producing these chips also requires a lot of water and severe drought and Taiwan also affected the production. Does China play a role? While geopolitical concerns are not the main cause of this chip shortage, One ongoing concern is Taiwan's tense relationship with China. Taiwan is the world's leading chip producer, and the theoretical possibility of war between China and Taiwan puts American access to the chip industry in potential jeopardy and could be catastrophic for many industries that would be unable to get the chips they rely on. China is deeply tempted to just seize Taiwan, says Lewis. The Chinese are desperate to have their own chip industry. It becomes a focal point for the competition between the U.S. and China. President Joe Biden is making a push to invest in American chip manufacturing, asking for a $50 billion investment in the chip industry. The Senate has passed a bill offering tax credits and other incentives for chip manufacturers. Well, all right. I, I hadn't heard that, but good for him. Maybe maybe I'll give him credit for that. If, Of course, that's probably not his idea. And I'm sorry, I said I wasn't going to be talking about Joe Biden tonight, but his name was mentioned in the article. American chip manufacturer Intel has announced plans to scale up their chip production, while Taiwan's semiconductor manufacturing company and Samsung eye locations for the American factories they plan to build. But while these plans are promising, it will take years before these factories can ramp up their production levels. 
What are the effects of the shortage? Prices are definitely going to be higher for a lot of devices that require a semiconductor, says David Yaffe, a Harvard Business School professor who spent almost three decades serving on the board of Intel. Some products are literally not going to ship or they're not going to be delayed. Oh, I'm sorry. Are they going to be delayed? The auto industry is getting hit hard with estimates saying that U.S. manufacturers will make at least 1.5 to 5 million less cars this year. Ford and General Motors have already limited production. Tesla revised its own software program to support alternative 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 thank you very much why can't i say that word tesla revised its own software to support alternative chips to maintain its production level and while consumer electronics companies like apple and samsung began stockpiling chips early on saving them from the immense delays the auto industry is facing apple recently announced that the chip shortage is expected expected to delay iPhone production and is already impacting sales of iPads and Macs. Xboxes and PlayStations are also in short supply. It's going to be a tough holiday season, says Penfield. One thing I would caution consumers on is you probably won't see the variety that you're accustomed to. If you can buy before the holiday season, really gets going, I think you're going to be in good shape. When will the issue be resolved? Opinions on when the shortage will end vary. The CEO of chipmaker ST Micro estimated that the shortage will end by early 2023. The CEO of automaker Stellantis said the shortage is going to drag into 2022 easy. Intel CEO Patrick Gelsinger said the shortage could last two more years. We've probably got about nine, ten months of this to live through, says Lewis. If you can afford to wait, prices will go down. Yaffe's expectation is that some of the demand will begin to slow down over the next six to 12 months but he estimates that it will likely be two years before supply catches up with demand and equilibrium is reached. When you get down to three nanometers and two nanometers, which are the levels that we're talking about for next generation technology, it's rocket science. And rocket science is something that doesn't get solved in a nanosecond, says Yaffe. You have to be patient. All right, well, so there you go. Did you know you had a microchip in some of your electric toothbrushes? (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. What's amazing is the fact that the article said early on here that we were like 37% uh, making about 37% of the chips back, uh, you know, uh, in the early 70s, I believe. Was it was when was the time frame here? Anyway, uh, there was a point when we were making the majority of the chips, or, or, or a, a fairly large amount of the chips, the thirty-seven percent. Uh, 
1990. I don't know what I was thinking, 1970. Well, you know, Texas Instruments was around in 1970 for the little handheld uh, calculators and stuff. But anyway, yeah, in 1990, 37% of chips were made in America. So why in the world, other than labor issues and tax savings, would we ship these things outside of the United States? This is something that our government has allowed to happen over the years as well, allowed all and, and forced a lot of these manufacturers out of the country and put us in jeopardy now because so many things are made outside of the United States. We have to rely on other people for things that we desperately need in this country. The other thing is medicines, and I'm not going to go down that road because that would be a political issue. But it just seems insane that we allowed our government to get so uh, so restrictive in this country and, and, and tax these corporations to the point where they just found it easier to go build plants other places. Isn't that nuts? All those jobs that could have been kept here. All right. So that's it on the uh, nano ch- uh, nano chip, uh, the microchip uh, semiconductors. And that's why if you're looking to buy a new car, you may have to wait six to eight months to get delivery on it. I think... Um, I think my salesman was telling me that people were getting their cars on the average about six to eight weeks after they were ordered, something like something of that nature. So you got two options here. You can wait another six to eight months uh, and things may start getting better. And uh, certainly the prices should go back down because the prices of all the electronics Items now are so high because of the shortage, and they can charge that. Supply and demand. Capitalism, right? <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's all I'm going to do with that tonight, is that one article. Aren't you happy? Let me switch back over here because this, this, these pop-up things are driving me nuts. That's the wrong one. There we go. All right. So I hope you found uh, some useful information in that article. I didn't realize those chips were in so many different things, actually. And I had been um, saying to people, I've been blaming China for the, the chip shortage, which they may have been in some part because of the port issue that the article mentioned earlier and the ports shutting down in China, one of the major distribu- distribution points. But now come to find out that it's Korea and, uh, and uh, uh, Taiwan, which, like I said, makes it a little bit more uh, gives it a little bit more reason now, maybe why China is so interested in Taiwan. So we'll have to look into that. All right. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, downloading, if you will, of Tristock mini pod. Um, if you'd like to 
download this or if you like this episode or or uh, any Tristoke Tristoke. Well, there's a Freudian slip, maybe. I don't know. Shouldn't be for me, but if you like this or any other of the Tristalk family podcasts, please be sure to follow us. Hit that follow button on whatever uh, media that you're listening to us on. Um, I'll be back tomorrow night with a Saturday night uh, version of Minipod. And then Dennis Lee and I'll be back on Sunday night for Trice Talk Sunday night. Uh, it will not be live. Uh, for those of you who may not listen to us, uh, you know, every night of the week, uh, our Thursday show is the only live show that we're doing right now. We weren't doing any there for several weeks, but we've decided to go back and start doing um live shows on Thursday night only right now. And we're running a contest as well. So we're giving away. We just had a winner on uh, last night's contest. Uh, Laura, which is uh, kind of a longtime listener, a podcast or Podbeam friend of ours. And uh, she won a copy of Mark Levin's book, American Marxism. I've been calling it American Socialism but it's American Marxism. So she won a copy of that book just for uh, listening to the show, being there at the right time last night. So if you uh, would like to uh, win a copy of Mark Levin's new book, we'll be giving away another one on uh, this coming Thursday night or Thursday night of next week, I guess I should say, since it's only Friday night. So um, be sure and join us for that. And let's see what else. Oh, we're also going to be doing a, uh, hopefully next Saturday, we're going to, or it could be Friday night, we're going to do another, or try to do another uh, YouTube live version of Trice Talk, myself and Dennis Lee. We'll see if we can pull that off and uh, maybe have a little bit better time than we did the last time we'll see. Um, so those, you've got those things to look forward to. Any other messages here? Uh, I guess that's all. Um, so I hope you'll join us again. And, um, until then I'm trying to key up here while I'm <laughs> trying to key up while I'm talking uh, until then, keep your eyes open and your mind sharp. And again, our thoughts and prayers for all of you on the Gulf Coast this weekend uh, with Hurricane Ida approaching. But until then, st stay safe, everybody. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one.
to reasons These things that are pleasing you Can hurt you somehow Don't you drive